Yes, hello, folks. Welcome to Special Episode of Beyond the Pits. I am absolutely delighted to be joined here with Steve Barr. Of course, you know the fans will know who Steve is. Uh, brilliant uh, previous MUTV commentator. Uh, it's someone that uh, when you look at all a lot of those old Ronaldo clips, he's the dulcet voice behind so much of that commentary. How you doing, man? Great to see you, Phil. How are you? Yes, absolute pleasure. Steve, of course, does the uh, world feed now for the Premier League, so he's a uh, very, very busy man. Steve, something big happened last week. Uh, out of the blue, throws the wall. What was your reaction on Thursday when it looked like Ronaldo could go to Manchester City? Well, I'll tell you something. My youngest son, who's 12, um, came jumping into the front room with his phone in his hand. And he said, <laughs> Dad, Dad. And I said, what? And he never stops chattering and he couldn't get his words out and he just turned around and he showed me the the Instagram post and I, it was it was um and even for me was, you know I'm a football fan first and foremost but obviously mm-hmm. 30 years in the industry yeah it was a jaw dropping moment to yeah. be perfectly honest with you because the, the, the people in the game and the people that you speak to and the agents were all sort of saying listen city done deal yeah uh, he's going to city and all the rest of it, United don't need him. They've got Rashford, they've got Greenwood, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, they've just signed Sancho, Martial, Cavani. And you're thinking, yeah, well, yeah, um, they're done. They can't afford it. So uh, naively, maybe even after all these years experience-wise, i kind of written it out of my mind. Um, but at the back of it, I was thinking, you know, knowing the sort of old Cristiano and 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 knowing some of the boys who are in regular contact with him, like Rio and, and Fletch and people like that, I'm thinking, oh, would he, would he really? Mm. And then I seen Waza, uh, sorry, Wayne Rooney do his, uh, <laughs> his interview with, as the Derby manager the day before. And I think he knew then, and he was, you know, putting a bit of pressure on saying, I can't see it and he'd lose his legacy and all the rest of it. But even then I just thought it wasn't, it wasn't a goer. So it was, it was a, a rare jaw dropping moment for me um i must say and i'm still like a little kid on christmas morning excited to to first of all see him back at the club and, and secondly to to see him in the premier league well you were there when he joined as a kid right yeah and, uh, i remember it very very well and you needed to just run out in the wet summer they get ronaldo what was he like as a kid when he comes in the football club you 17 18 when he came <clears throat> he was uh, well listen i tell everybody this story um i think it was uh, august uh, 2006, and um, we'd been on a, a long tour of the states, actually, a mm-hmm. preseason tour of the states. And about halfway through, um, the boys got notification, and obviously we did as well because we were broadcasting live of an additional game in Lisbon mm-hmm. on the way home. And uh, I remember it went down like a you know a proverbial sack of spuds. Yeah. You know, well, what are we going to Lisbon for and all the rest of it? And to be honest, you know, we, we were tired as well. I can't remember, we've been to yeah. four or five US cities as it is, the time difference. Anyway, we have to go to Lisbon. Well. We have to go to Lisbon and do this game. Uh, and and as we do, you know, on all games, particularly pre-season games, you try and speak to the locals to get a little bit about the opposition and, mm-hmm. you know, just a bit of a flavour to give the viewers. And I'll never forget speaking to this, myself and Paddy Crowland actually, speaking to this uh, Portuguese commentator. And he said to me, um, all you need to know tomorrow is a 17-year-old kid called Ronaldo. Now, I sort of jokingly laughed. He said, what are you laughing for? I said, well, if, if, I, have a, if I had a pound or a dollar for every yeah. game in Europe that I've done, or even in South America, and someone telling me to look out for a player called Ronaldo, then I'd be a very rich man. He said, no, no, no. This, 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 this kid is special. He is Cristiano 
Ronaldo. We were still, still sort of flippantly sort of going, okay, yeah, all right, scribbling it down. And I'll never forget actually saying it on air before the games and locals tell us to watch out for the number, whatever he was, 17, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. And within about 10 minutes, and there was a very famous story, obviously, and it's been, it's been broadcast now that Gary Neville was injured and John O'Shea had to play right back and all the rest. <laughs> within about 10 minutes, and I knew they were tired, I knew they were... Um, Jet like the boys, they didn't need that fixture in, in a month of Sundays. They, they were, it was testing their professionalism to the hilt. It was organized by Carlos Kiros. Within about 10 minutes, I've never seen John Ashley like it in my life. And I remember Paddy and I just sort of looking at each other and saying, Wow, mm-hmm. just, just, just one of those very rare moments. Wayne Rooney yeah. had it uh, when we saw him in a reserve yeah. game. One of those very rare moments where you just say, Wow, th- yeah. this is taking our breath away. And obviously, what went on went on. And then I was actually obviously on the plane on the way back when I saw three or four of the team individually go up to the manager at the front. Um, and obviously we now know that they were basically saying, listen, you've got to, you've got to sign yeah. this kid and you've got to sign him now. So I was actually the, the first person ever to do an interview uh, in English with Christiana. And um, I also remember we got him in the studio for an hour so I got to know him really well, Phil. And when you mm-hmm. when you say what was he like, he was he was just a football fanatic mm-hmm. um, who realised he had a talent. But I tell everyone this. I was telling my kids the other day, the work ethic I know. Was, was just <clears throat> incredible. And I remember actually that the live interview I did for an hour in the studio with him, him saying, and he said it to me off air as well. I, I want to be the best player in the world. I know. And then you sort of hear people say that, but he said it with with such conviction and determination. And you remember thinking, who am I to argue with that? You know, but listen, nobody, I mean, I certainly didn't, you know, looking at him as, as good as he was thought when he left Old Trafford, even what he'd gone uh, to accomplish and, you know, the change of style, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I, you know, from, from that day, watching him as a fan in Lisbon to getting to know him when he came to Manchester, um, I, you know, there's no no bigger fan. Whether he'd re-sign for United or not, you know, I mean, I love Lionel Messi, but I am very, very biased, not slightly biased in the Messi-Ronaldo debate, debate because I, there's no bigger fan of Cristiano Ronaldo than, than, than me, I have to, I have to say. so. Well, um, it must be a massive career highlight for you to have had that. Like you've, the, Cristiano Ronaldo isn't just a Manchester United star. He's a global mm. icon that represents excellence. We may never see... Ronaldo, we need Ronaldo and Messi have totally skewed what it means to be a world class player now, right? Because they have taken it to a level that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, we may never see that again, or certainly not for a long time. Must be a massive career headache for you to have been a part of that story, yeah. And like everything else, like the travel and everything else, and it's a bit like the well, it's a minuscule like the players, but. You speak to the players, you know, you speak to Giggsy and Scalzi and they go, yeah, it was just another title and we we were just scared of not winning it the following year. You, you're kind of in the, you're in the, it's difficult to, this. you are in a bubble and, you, and you're in the zone, you know, you know what I mean? So it, it's very difficult at the time to, to appreciate it. Um, and I think, you know, when players say they're post-30 yeah. and they appreciate a title more, I think if, you know, when I commented on last season's Champions League final, I certainly appreciate that more than the first one I did because mm-hmm, sure. of the age and experience and you sort of drink it in. And so at mm-hmm. the time, yeah, of course it, it was great. It was, you know, and he was just I honestly, as a, as a person, as a human being, I cannot speak highly enough of him. He is just, you know, I mean, Roy Keane doesn't give anybody 
anybody 100% credit except Cristiano Ronaldo. And, and, and nothing more, no, don't need to say another sentence. That that says it in his all. And that's because of the person he is and the work ethic he's got. They're the two things you have to trick, uh, tick the box with Roy. So, um, it, yeah, looking back, it was special. I always remember, Phil, a little anecdote of doing the South Africa World Cup in 2010. Um, Portugal, Ivory Coast, actually. Sven Jorenoksen was the manager of Ivory Coast. And going to training at the stadium, I think it was in Cape Town the night before, and waiting for the... Um, the players to come off and get on the bus and this uh, Portuguese press officer saying to me, you, you can't wait there. What are you waiting for? I said, just to say hello to Cristiano. And I, and I wasn't being right. you know, flash or anything. Right. And he looked right. at me as if to say, yeah, right. right. He said, we can stand there. I said, okay, as long as I'm in his island, it doesn't matter if I don't see him, but I'd like to see him. I'm commentating on the game tomorrow for BBC, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, as uh, several of my colleagues will tell you, I was slightly heavier in those days. And unfortunately, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo's nickname for me was big man. I wasn't that big to be fair, but I was yeah. bigger than I am now. And out of the corner of my eye, I was carrying his wash bag and he kept, he literally made a beeline for me. Big man. Let's bear in mind it's a world cup. Well, the face on this Portuguese press offer. Bad. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> you know? How's it going? You're doing BBC? Yeah. Brilliant man. Yeah. I hear you on Master Day in Spain and blah, blah, blah. You know, and it was just, and I thought that'll do me. You've not changed in the slightest after your three Ballon d'Ors or whatever it was at that stage. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't expect him to have done, but you know, it was just, uh, oh, he's, he's, he's Tom. Man. With him in the name drop, one of the, a, a similar experience where I was recognized after it was Mike Tyson. Right? You know, I've, I've, I've met Mike Tyson a few times and the second time I met him, he recognized me out and picked me out of a crowd and that was just unbelievable to me. I was like, I can't believe you know, it's someone like that actually recognised me. For me, it was a massive rush, you know. So, but for you, for Ronaldo, especially with your young kids, everything, it must be truly amazing. You also were there when Solskjaer was there, of course, as a, as a player. Yeah. There's lots of commentary about Solskjaer, whether he's got a ruthless side to him and what have you. What would you tell me about Solskjaer's personality, Steve? In terms of... I mean, um, would you say he's got that ruthless side to him? Would you say he's just... Because some people have accused him of being too nice. Well, look where Romelu Lukaku went. Yeah. I mean, that's the you know, you know, people have said to me, um, you know, what, what what happened there? I said, well, I'll tell you what happened there. I said the manager, for whatever reason, and I know the reason, but you know, that will remain private. For whatever reason, um, thought that him going to another football club was going to enhance Manchester United and their dressing room, and that's open for a, a bar debate. But I would lean on the side of saying. You know, come back for, for 97 million. Italy suited him better. Let's see how he does in the next couple of years in the Premier League. But at that stage, at that club, in that squad, he identified that and many others, Alexis Sanchez and all the rest of them. So I, I don't think a manager getting rid of big personalities like that. I'm working with one like Paul Pogba, in fairness. And if you, you know, if you if you get Paul Pogba to one side and, and ask his opinion of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, it's a, it's a, it's a glowing one. Um, and the demands of that and the agent and all that goes with it. Um, listen, I think I did the United game on um, on Sunday for, for, for the BBC. I think it was his 100th league game. Yeah. And, and the, he's the second fastest, his win rate or something like that. Uh, and he's the only guy to do it since, since Fergie left <clears throat> to get 100 games. There's only nine in the history of Manchester United who've reached 100 league games. Right. So, 
all I'd say to anybody is you, you, you don't do that if you, if you miss the nice guy all the time. So um, he's, you know, he has got um, what, what I like about Ollie is, um, and and again, I know him really well as well, obviously he's a player and I spent a lot of time with him when he was at Cardiff as well, when he came back and I have him on the podcast next Friday. So I'll make sure you say hello. Very, very much the starter for the main course. (laughs) No, 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 no. You're as big as anyone else. It's an honor to have you on. Trust me. Um, so yeah, I mean, he is. He lives, eats, breathes football. Uh, he's a big thinker about the game, and he's he is brought up on Sir Alex Ferguson, like so many of us. And mm-hmm. his man management and his people skills are outstanding. So, you know, I, I would, uh, I would always, I would always say that Phil to be honest you, you, you know you can't not be ruthless to, to be the manager of, of Manchester. Of course, it was a terrible question. I knew the answer, but I wanted you to answer it. Um, when you look at Manchester United, you were there at a time when United was in its pump. Oh, it was fantastic, of course. Um, you know, they had. I also lived through the belly on and uh, and Gemma Gemma yes, Day. yes, yes, yes. You are also there. The takeover happens. I can't imagine. That was like it said. Clemens had actually signed on the same day as Ronaldo. People forget that. I remember we were both on the field at the same <laughs> time. And, One uh, they continue better than the other, but there we but, go. And then he had a good World Club too. So it was a bit of a shock, not a little bit. Uh, I was actually excited at his sign, and I remember him scoring too, and thinking, well, we got a decent midfield there, but uh, Denver, Denver, so good to name them twice. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was three and a half million. It was yeah. from Nantes, I think it was. Uh, yeah. It was worth the risk. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you were there at a time with uh, Tevez, Ronaldo, Rooney, you know, uh, that time happened. Um, and then I think the transition from Ferguson, United tried to go in a different direction with some things. It didn't quite work. It looks to me like what Solskjaer's doing is restoring Manchester United back to what it was before they tried to choose, do things differently. To me, there's no question that the club that we see today is completely different from the one he inherited. You know what United should look like. Does this look close to the Manchester United that you were a part of? Closer, I think, is the the yeah. best way of doing it. And I, and I'll say this until I'm blue in the face as well. And I, and, I, and I'll say it because I know it, and I've got first hand experience of it. It wasn't just Sir Alex Ferguson leaving; it was David Gill. Mm. And um, people say, "Well, what, what do you mean?" You know, I was on the I was on the inner circle. I know um, a how important the football operations of any club is, but particularly mm. the size of, of Manchester United and the way they conduct themselves and be just how good and how well-respected David Gill was. And those two had an unbelievable relationship uh, and they were the, the ultimate team. Um, so, I mean, people, people forget, you know, I mean, talking about Daniel Levy this summer, uh, Phil with Harry mm-hmm. Kane and how Man City couldn't deal with him. You know, I, I remember um, Michael Carrick signing, I think about a minute to midnight on, mm-hmm. on, deadline day and they play you know and they got the deal done and when you look at what Michael Carrick gave them it was still unbelievable business by David Gill Berbatov was a similar one the point I'm making is those big um, personalities that at the time United wanted Daniel Levy was adamant they were going to let go I don't know the ins and outs of the deal what I do know was there was the, the best football operator in the business got those two deals done for example and Manchester City haven't been able, for whatever reason, uh, to get a deal done with with Harry Kane. And yeah. and 
you know, I'm not saying, oh, put David Gillen to Manchester City and Harry Kane to be a City player, but I think they have a better chance. So I think the obvious football side is Sir Alex. Clearly, that's the most important thing. But you couldn't underestimate um, the role that David Gill played as well. So you then had David Moyes walking into a football club, um, which he will go on record and say that he didn't appreciate just how big it was. Yeah. And you also had Edward stepping into a brand new role with virtually impossible shoes to fill in David Gill and learning on the job. So I think it was a, a combination of, of of all that. I think recruitment's become even more important. What Ollie has got it back to is is developing young players. Yeah. As well, um, which I think is you know crucial. I thought it was it was brilliant. Um, when all the talkers of Ronaldo and Cavani coming on, on at, at Wolves at the weekend and Pogba and 40 million Van der Beek on the bench and Varane making his debut alongside 85 million Harry Maguire, that it was Mason Greenwood who's been there since the age mm-hmm. of six who, who scored the winning goal. And, and, and Ali Gunasolskaya has obviously grown up with that, understands that. And that was one of his, his first uh, key sort of projects, really, when he uh, when he signed the contract. So, um yeah, long-winded answer, closer, I would say, and, and and certainly heading in the direction. I like the fact that, you know, the likes of Darren Fletcher are back inside the club and, and you know, people people who understand the, the, the United way, really. I want to ask you one other question, Steve. <clears throat> you were there, Nicholas, you take over what happened. When it happened, did the club feel different after it happened? Because obviously everything changed with the fans. What was it like inside the club at the time? That's a good question, actually. And again, because you were inside it, um, I mean... <laughs> And again, I tell people now, and I didn't realise at the time, my hour with Joel Glazer is still the only, yeah. it's still the only interview mm-hmm. that he's ever done, which is, you, know, you didn't think at the time. Of course. But, uh, it's absolutely astonishing, really. Um, I think the feeling in the, inside the club at the time, because Sir Alex was very clever, the way he embraced it and played it, um, that the, the, there wasn't really a big... Uh, um, situation where you know United weren't getting back for players or were missing out on players or or anything like that. You know, Van Persie was a, a perfect example, you know, so the supporters couldn't really say, well, why, you know, why isn't this happening? So it, it wasn't um it wasn't hugely different uh in that sense. And again, I go back to my previous point, David Gill was still there. David Gill was still running the football club. On a day to day, on a day to day moment, and 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 again, feel you know, the leadership of of any team, um, the off the field staff at, a, at Old Trafford had unbelievable respect for David Gill, and would you know if it meant someone doing two or three hours extra, they'd just do it. So yeah, Healy McQueen yeah, told me whilst, whilst, very similar. Whilst, whilst the ownership was different and it was in a different club, you know they had the best manager and they had the best chief executive so probably at the time you know looking back there were there were minute dif- differences um but when you looked on the pitch and you looked at who they were signing you looked how they were operating i'm talking about a week-to-week mm-hmm. operation i'm not talking about debt and all the rest yeah, of it. I, don't, I don't know a week-to-week here is manchester united then you know it was i would say it was probably a minimal difference but I, I still say the watershed moment was was the pair of them going at the same time. Why do you think David Gill and United allowed David Gill? This is my last question. Why do you think they let him leave at the same time? Do you think they underestimated um, two things? One, the quality of the squad and two, just how difficult it would be 
um, to replace David also. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, David was, um, how can I put it? I think he'd reached a point where he was looking for pastures new and a fresh challenge anyway. Um, and he, don't forget, he's a huge United fan as well, which is, which is you know, difficult um, in, in that sense as well. well and I was there too whenever you were there. He oh, was, Oliver, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very clever boy. Mm. Um, not a bad centre half, actually. Yeah. Um, and by the way, when I played in the staff games, David Gilsey, very, very useful centre forward mm. with all his feet. But anyway, yeah, I digress. Yeah. Um, so, I, and I think, you know, Sir Alex's news, which they, they obviously, David Gilsey was the first to know, and they'd obviously talked about it in private long before it became public, I think felt like a natural uh, end. So I don't think it was a question of the owners not trying to keep him or anything like that. I think they 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 tried very very hard uh, to keep him. But you're probably right. You don't you don't appreciate um, somebody's importance and until they're not there. And that would certainly be a, a pointing pointing case for him. Uh, one more quick question before you go. What do we expect from the end of this season? Big things. I mean, there's no excuses now, is there? Mm-hmm. Uh, although, you know, a lot of United fans I speak to would still like to see a a Declan Rice type yeah. player come in um, and I was delighted to see Dave, David De Gea make that double save at Wolves and, and start the season but will will he be the David De Gea of old so they're the two question marks for me um, but I'm expecting big things you know um, obviously uh, I, don't, I don't buy into the, Ronaldo can't um, deal with a the, the physicality of the Premier League now at 36. I mean, 36 is just a number for him. He's not a normal 36-year-old. He's a superhuman being and he, you know, looks after himself incredibly well. So he will be an addition. I mean, I like to look at those goals for Portugal the other night. Um, when you look at the chances United have missed the last two or three yeah. seasons, if he doesn't matter. Someone said to me the other day, I watched the whole game. He did nothing. I said, and? And doesn't need to after 90 minutes he scored two unbelievable headers you know United uh, fans won't won't matter if the commentator doesn't mention his name for half an hour if he if he nods one in in the last minute and finishes a chance that they weren't finishing that can be the difference between being two or four points behind City or Chelsea whoever it is rather than 10 and 12 that I think if they had Ronaldo what had happened they'd have won that game no question correct <clears throat> Correct. Or Cavani to me. I'm going to go as far as saying as well that he probably wouldn't have conceded a goal if Ram was playing. I was so impressed yeah. with him watching him live. Especially last week. in that game where it was so intense and quick. Exactly. Um, and he, exactly. He was they can keep him fit, him and Maguire, with a bit more protection. I think, you know, I, I, going back to my De Gea point, I don't think they'll be as busy as the United goalkeepers yeah. have been in the last two or three seasons. So, um, no, I, I, I expect them. Um, to be challenging. I'm not going to sit here and say I expect them to win the title because, you know, I think um, the Premier League, having worked on it since it's pretty much a start of it, I, I would say it's, it's this season when you look, apart from Messi, we've got everybody in the Premier League um, and everybody's strengthened somewhere along the line, whether it be £100 million Jack Grealish, whether it be um, Lukaku and, and Saul, even Canate at Liverpool with, with their players. So I think... I think the standard's as high as it's been for a while. I think it's, it's more difficult to, to win the league yeah. uh, this season. But it, listen, if United aren't three, four points within the leaders, I'll, I'll, 
I'll be disappointed. Yeah, same here, same here. Steve, it's always a pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for taking the time to join Anytime, me. Anytime, Phil. So Anytime. thank you so much. I appreciate it, mate. And I, I would love to get you back sometime.